0: Welcome back, having Brainiacs, for the podcast of poetry. Edmund Whaler. Waller. Waller. Um, not terribly inspiring poetry, but we're moving on to John Milton tonight, which is exciting. Big name. Um, also exciting. Maybe not. But um, I should be getting a new microphone tomorrow bought myself a new mic on the old uh, Amazon Prime Day sales um, I've been using this mic since the start, well since before the start when I used to do launch pad interviews and podcasts before this podcast before Year of War and Peace um, I bought a bunch of these Behringer C1s and an audio interface and I used to get really really good sound out of this thing and now I get like a lot of hum and like electronic noise like as in like it sounds like the ele- an electronic hum I'm sure you can hear it right now and it's almost like there's a grounding issue an electrical grounding issue if I let go of the microphone you can probably hear now there's a hum I'm about to touch it again and the hum goes away it's a grounding thing. I don't know at what point of failure it is. Is it the mic cable? Is it the microphone? Is it the audio interface? Is it the link between the audio interface and the computer? I just don't know. So anyway, microphone talk, very, very boring, but um, tomorrow I'm getting a new mic. It's a good one, and it also works on USB or XLR, so I can just play around and find the best sound and Hopefully, it's clearer. There's a greater distinction between background noise and my voice. So, if you can, you can turn my voice up nice and loud without it also f- humming and hissing. That's the plan. That's the promise to you. Anywho, um, that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm just ranting because you know when you buy a new gadget and you, you're just excited to get it in the mail. Um. Her Poetry Foundation. Elected to Parliament at 16, Edmund Waller quickly gained a reputation as a masterful orator. He was also a celebrated lyric poet long before the publication of his poems in 1645. Despite his efforts to placate both Oliver Cromwell and Charles II, Waller was forced into exile for nearly a decade. His work, particularly his heroic couplets, were, almost, were much admired By Alexander Pope and John Dryden. Um, Lyrical poetry was the dominant form in 17th century English poetry. poetry, poetry. The poems of this period were short, rarely narrative. They tended towards intense expression. It's not the equivalent to song lyrics, though song lyrics are often in the lyric mode. Interesting. Um, Ander mentioned that tomorrow we will be commencing readings of John Milton, correct? None of them are excerpts from his magnum opus, Paradise Lost, at least I don't think so, but from earlier works, and most are very long. In anticipation of the lengthy readings to come, here are some interesting facts. John Milton was an English poet and pamphleteer, most famous for his epic poem, Paradise Lost, 1667, and Paradise Regained in 71, is considered of one of the greatest English poets whose works encompass politics and theology. By 52, he had gone completely blind. Oh, so before he wrote those things. Interesting. Alright, um, we have a bit of an analysis as well of the poems from yesterday, but I think we should probably just start reading some Milton because, for one, those poems weren't particularly inspiring, I didn't think. And also, we've got a ton of poems to get through here, so I'm going to dive in. Milton was born in 1608. Milton died 1674. Him on the morning of Christ's nativity. It was the winter wild, while the heaven-born child, all meanly wrapped in the rude manga lies manger nature in awe to him had doffed her gaudy trim with her great master so to sympathize it was no season then for her to want on with the sun her lusty paramour only with speechless fair she woos the gentle air to hide her guilty front with innocent snow and on her naked shame pollute with sinful blame the saintly veil of maiden white to throw confounded That her maker's eyes Should look so near Upon her foul deformities. But he, Her fears to cease, Sent down the meek-eyed peace. She crowned with olive green, Came softly sliding down Through the turning sphere, His ready harbinger. The turtle wing, The amorous clouds dividing The waving wide, Her myrtle wand. She strikes A universal peace through sea and land. No war or battle's sound was heard the world around. The idle sphere and shield were high up hung. The hooked chariot stood unstained with hostile blood. The trumpet spake not to the armed throng. And kings sate still with awful eye. As if they surely know their sovereign lord was by. But peaceful was the night wherein the Prince of Light, his reign of peace upon the earth, began. The winds with wonder whist smoothly the waters kissed, whispering new joys to the mild ocean. Who now hath quite forgot to rave, while birds of calm sit brooding on the charmed wave? The stars with deeper maze stand fixed in steadfast gaze, bending one way their precious influence and will not take their flight for all the morning light or Lucifer, that often warned them thence, but in their glimmering orbs did glow until their lord himself bespake and bid them go. And though the shady gloom had given day her room, the sun himself withheld his wonted speed and hid his head for shame as his inferior flame the new enlightened world no more should need. He saw a greater sun appear than his bright throne or burning axle-tree could bear the shepherds on the lawn or ear the point of dawn sat simply chatting in a rustic row full little thought they had that the mighty pan was kindly come to live with them below perhaps their loves or owls their sheep was all that did their silly thoughts to busy keep When such music sweet their hearts and ears did greet, as never was by mortal finger-struck divinely warbled voice answering the stringed noise, as all their souls in blissful rapture took the air. Such pleasure, loth to lose, with thousand echoes still prolongs each heavenly close. Nature that heard such a sound beneath the hollow round of Cynthia's seat, the airy region thrilling now was almost one to think her part was done, and that her reign had here its last fulfilling, she could such harmony alone could hold, so she knew such harmony alone could hold all heaven and earth in happier union at last surrounds their sight at a globe of circular light that with long beams the shame-fected night arrayed, the helmed cherubium and sordid seraphim are seen in glittering ranks with wings displayed, harping in loud and solemn choir, with unexpressive notes to heaven's newborn air. Such music, as tis said, before was never made. But when of old the sons of morning sung, while the greater creator great, his constellations set and the well-balanced world and hinges hung and cast the dark foundations deep and bid the weltering waves their oozy channel keep. Ring out, ye crystal spheres, and once bless our human ears, if you have power to touch our senses so, and let your silver chime move in melodious time, and let the base of heaven's deep organ blow, and with your ninefold harmony make up full consort to the angel-like symphony. For if such holy song enwrapped our fancy long, time will run back and fetch the age of gold, and speckled vanity will sicken soon and die, and leprous sin will melt from earthly mould, and hell itself will pass away and leave her dolorous mansions to the peering day. Yea, truth and justice then will down, return to men, the enamelled Arrays of uh, the rainbow wearing, and mercy set between, thronged in celestial sheen, with the radiant feet the tissued clouds down steering, and heaven, as at some festival, will open wide the gates of her high palace hall. But wisest fate says, No, this must not yet be so, the babe lies yet in smiling infancy that on the bitter cross must redeem our loss, so both himself and us to glorify. Yet first to those, why chained in sleep, the wakeful trump of doom must thunder through the deep. With such a horrid clang as on Mount Sinai rang, while the red fire and smouldering clouds outbreak, the aged earth aghast with terror of that blast, Shall from the surface to the centre shake when at the world's last session the dreadful judge in middle air shall spread his throne, and then at last our bliss fuller and perfect is but now begins for from this happy day, the old dragon underground in straer limits bound not half so far casts his unsurped sway, and wrath to see his kingdom fail swinches the scaly horror of his folded trail tail. The oracles are dumb. No voice or hideous hum runs through the arched roof in words deceiving. Apollo from his shrine can no more divine with hollow shriek the steep of Delphos leaving. No nightly trance or breathed spell inspires the paled priest from the prophetic cell. The lonely mountains over around, and the resounding shore, a voice of weeping heard and loud lament from Haunted spring and dale, edged with poplar pale, the parting geniuses with sighting scent, with flower inwoven tresses torn, the nymphs in twilight shade of tangled thickets mourn, In consecrated earth and on the holy hearth, the lars and lemurs moan with midnight plaint, in urns and altars round a drear and dying sound, affrights the flamins at their service quaint, and the chill marble seems to sweat, while each peculiar power forgoes his wonted seat. Pure and Barlim forsake their temples dim, with that twice battered god of Palestine and mooned Ashtaroth, heaven's queen and mother both, now sits, not girth with taper's holy shrine, the libic Hammond shrinks his horn. In vain the Tyrian maids their wounded Thamma's mourn, And sullen Moloch fled, hath left in shadow's dread his burning idol all of blackest hue. In vain with symbols ring they call the grisly king in dismal dance about the furnace blue. The brutish gods of as fast, Is- Isis and Oris and the dog Anubis hast. Nor is Osiris seen in Memphane grove or green, Trampling the unshowered grace with lowings loud. Nor can he be at rest within his sacred chest. Nought but profoundest hell can be his shroud, In vain with timbreled anthems dark, The sable stoled sorcerers bear his worshipped ark. He feels from Judah's land, the dreaded infant's hand, the rays of Bethlehem blind his dusky eyne, nor all the gods beside longer dare abide, not typhon huge ending in snaky twine. Our babe to shoe his godhead true can in his swaddling bands control the damned crew, so when the sun is in bed, curtained with cloudy red, Pillows his chin upon an orient wave. The flocking shadows pale troop to the infernal jail. Each fettered ghost slips to his several grave, and the yellow skirted fays fly out of the night steeds, leaving their mooned love maze. But see, the Virgin blessed hath laid her babe to rest. Time is our tedious song, should here have ending. Heaven's youngest teamed star hath fixed her polished car her sleeping lord and handmade lamp attending and all about the courtly stable bright harnessed angels sit in order serviceable alright biggie for tonight dang just gonna read that one cause it was a bit of a beast um and I'm aware that the plan was to power through these poems in a no in a very short amount of time but I didn't realise they went for so long alright well there's the first of the John Miltons what did you think did you like it did you love it let me know uh, and I'll see you tomorrow